Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Warriors host the Lakers presented by Indeed. Coverage begins right here on ESPN Radio at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations and, of course, on Sirius XM Channel 80. Joe and Amber, we are taking you up until that coverage until 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So you're getting a little bonus Joe and Amber tonight. But let's talk about that series, Joe, that later series. We haven't gotten to talk about it amongst ourselves yet. The Lakers... They got the performance they needed from the guy we all thought they would. Lonnie Walker, the fourth, right? He stepped up in the fourth. He shoots uh, 14 points. He scores in the fourth quarter alone. The Lakers advance 3-1 series lead now as they head into San Francisco. A lot of people feeling like the Warriors are done. They have no answer here for the Lakers, but also they're the Warriors. They're the defending champs, and certainly they've been here before. I mean... The point spread in this game indicates that this is going to be a Golden State blowout. So I think a lot of people see this as Lakers up 3-1. Warriors don't have many answers. They're probably toast tonight. The Warriors are an eight-point favorite here. To put that in comparison, in game one, when the Warriors were at home, coming off the game seven win over Sacramento, they were a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. In game two, when they were at home and they were coming off that game one loss, they were a seven-point favorite. And now that they're down three games to one, the Lakers are having their way with the series. The Warriors can't get any help for Steph Curry whatsoever. Jordan Poole played 10 minutes in the last game. The Warriors still find themselves as an eight-point favorite. That indication is that this game is going to be similar to what we saw in Denver-Phoenix last night. We told you that would happen. Mm -hmm. 2-2 series back in Denver, the ultimate spot for the Nuggets, and they hammer the Suns. Now you're down 3-1, you're coming home, last-ditch effort to save the dynasty. You get everything from the Warriors. If the game gets out of hand, the Lakers pull their starters to get them extra rest, and they go home to win it in Game 6. Dangerous mode of thinking. Because if the Warriors can get it done tonight, they need one road upset, and then it's Game 7 at home in the Bay. But that's going to be a tall order to win three in a row against LeBron and the Lakers the way they look right now. I mean, eight points, I'm shocked. Maybe they're they're taking Greeny's suggestion that the Lakers should rest (laughs) LeBron and KD tonight. Because otherwise, I'm surprised that the Warriors would be a favorite to that degree. I do feel good about the Warriors. I don't feel as good about the Warriors tonight as I felt about the Nuggets last night, in part because the Warriors have had such a hard time finding offense from anybody not named Steph Curry. And obviously Steph Curry has still been Steph Curry in this series to some extent, but defensively the Lakers have actually been fairly effective by Steph Curry standards against Steph Curry. Anyways, he hasn't had one of those insane, Steph Curry games in this series. LeBron hasn't either on the other side of things. But with Steph Curry, he is the only Warriors player averaging more than 20 points per game. Clay is the next player averaging about 19, uh, just over 19 points per game. Andrew Wiggins averaging uh, just over 14 points per game. No other Warriors player is averaging double-digit points. They have had a very hard time finding shooting 
from their shooters. Like, it's, it's a weird thing to say with the Golden State Warriors that they're having a hard time finding offense. That's not something that we're accustomed to. I mean, Clay's been awful the last two games. He's played 73 minutes over those two games. He's 8 for 25 from the field. He's 6 for 18 from deep. I think tonight, with the dynasty on the line, he's going to have the green light. You're going to get 18-plus shots from Clay Thompson tonight. The question is whether or not he can knock him down. The Lakers have been very good with their rotations. They've been very good on the defensive end. They've been very good with their substitutions. Something you haven't seen a lot of from Missoula and the Boston Celtics. More on that later. But the Lakers have made great decisions throughout the course of this series. LeBron James has been playing fantastic. He looks like the superstar that he is from a facilitating standpoint, rebounding standpoint, defensive standpoint. Anthony Davis has been terrific. And the Laker bench has stepped up and delivered more than the Warrior bench. The Warriors are paying over $100 million to Jordan Poole. He's supposed to be the guy. There's always been a guy for the Warriors who has stepped up in playoff time. Early in the dynasty, it was Andre Iguodala coming off the bench before he earned a starting spot. You had Mo Buckets. You had Leandro Barbosa. You had JaVale McGee. You had Sean Livingston throughout all of that. And now it's supposed to be Jordan Poole, and he can't give them crap. He stinks right now. I don't know if he's going to be traded in the offseason. You clearly aren't going to get a great return on that investment. But my God, he played 10 minutes in the last game. Dave McMenamin was on earlier. He used the term unplayable. It's not that he's struggling. He is unplayable in the eyes of the Warriors. I don't know how you're moving that contract. And I do wonder, should there be more discussion around did Draymond Green break Jordan Poole? Like, is this Draymond Green's fault? I don't know. We know certainly it appears that there's probably a rift between those two players. Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole uh, at the beginning of the season. So there was that as we led into this season. It seems to have maybe caused some sort of rift in the locker room. How could it not? I doubt if I'm Jordan Poole, I'm getting past that easily. So is that part of the problem here? Is it sort of fractured chemistry in a way that we're not accustomed to with this Warriors team. Either way, the Warriors are having a hard time finding their offense. They're having a hard time scoring, but so were the Lakers in game four. It's not like the Lakers were lights out either. The Lakers just simply outlasted the Warriors in game four. That's what I thought was so interesting there about that last game. Had they not gotten that performance from Lonnie Walker the fourth? They would have lost that game. Had Steph hit a couple threes that he missed at the very end of the game, the Lakers would have lost that game. So for those reasons, I still feel good about the Warriors tonight, but I do do see, Joe, some real deficiencies here when it comes to how the Warriors have sort of handled this series overall. I don't know if I feel good about the series overall, but I I feel like they're going to make things more interesting tonight. I mean, the road is where teams bond where teams hang out, guys play cards, guys go out together, your families generally aren't with you, your friends aren't with you, the distractions aren't with you. That's the best opportunity to bond, hang out, and build a team. I don't think it's much of a surprise or coincidence that Draymond Green punches Jordan Poole's lights out before the season starts, the video goes viral, there's a serious problem, and then the Warriors go on to have one of the worst road records in the NFL. The only teams with the worst road record were the Spurs, Rockets and Pistons, the three worst teams in the NBA, and then the Warriors. Those were the four worst road teams this year. I would imagine that this team wasn't a very cohesive unit when they were out on the road together because in part of what happened between Draymond and and Jordan Poole. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We're going to argue. We normally say to the death. I feel like that's a little dramatic. Yes. I prefer maybe not to argue to the death, but like eh, close to it in just moments. We'll On argue a segment, to a cocktail. We'll they, argue you to know, a cocktail. You and I have been known martini. to share a cocktail together. It's the winner. Uh, the loser buys the winner a drink. There you go. Love it. We are going to argue to a martini. We are both martini drinkers. That's what we're going to do next. But first, Joe's going to try to make you a little bit more money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Actually, I retract that. She would show up and order a $600 glass of champagne versus my $4 beer. So there's absolutely no way I am agreeing to. I have seen you drink fancy, fancy drinks. So I don't know if I. I'm not one to toot my own horn, but yes, I do carry a level of class and sophistication that many admire. But anyway, (laughs) let's do some pizza money here. Uh, In the matchup between the Warriors and the Lakers tonight, you may have heard about it. Player prop. Clay Thompson, over 22 and a half points, minus 130, a little bit juicy. Been a tough series for Clay, averaging just 19 points per game on 41% shooting, and his last two games have been horrific. But with the dynasty on the line, game five at home at Chase Center, the crowd rocking, he's going to have the green light. I do not see Clay Thompson going quietly into the night. If they're going to lose and get eliminated, he's going to go down swinging, which means lots of shots. And if he can get 18 shots up, which he has, Six times in the postseason, he's averaging 23 points per game in those matchups. I think we get more than 18 shots tonight because nobody else is helping Steph. So pizza money, number whatever this is, Clay Thompson over 22 and a half points. All right. It's time to state your case. Welcome to jury duty. This is jury duty with Joe and Amber. Jury duty is brought to you by the law offices of Cordell and Cordell. Hello, your honor, James Steele. Jeez. Uh, All right. So (laughs) I was going through some sound today and I heard this from Keyshawn J. Willow Max uh, from three-time NBA champion Danny Green on if who he would rather start a team with, Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic. If I'm going to start my team, obviously you want somebody that can do a little bit of everything. I think Nikola has a better passing and, I guess, quarterbacking aspect to him and can actually play center and point guard for you, if you if you will. But if I need scoring and I need, like, I for sure want to be like, all right, I'm going to make sure I have a score and somebody I can count on to give me a bucket whenever. I'm not saying Jokic can't do that, but I would definitely go with, with Joel, who also can protect the rim a little bit better. So for me, it's that I'm going to probably go with Joel. All right, so uh, that got me to thinking of asking you guys which 
player you would rather start your team with, Jokic or Embiid? And Joe, the floor is yours. Which player would you rather start your team with? I'm going to make this one quick tonight. I'm a gentleman. I'm going to give Amber all the time in the world to make a case for the losing side. I'm going to give you the winner, and I'm going to give it to you quickly. It's Nikola Jokic. I could mention the two MVPs to one in favor of Jokic. That's not what I'm going to do. I could mention the fact that Jokic has been to the conference finals before, and Bede has not. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm simply going to point out one very important difference between the two players. Nikola Jokic has been in the NBA eight seasons. He has played a minimum of 69 games in all eight of those seasons. That's 84% of the game's minimum that he's been available for. In a league filled with load management, Nikola Jokic is always available. Joel Embiid, you know how many times he's played 69 games in a season? Zero. Nine years in the NBA, he's never gotten to 69 games once. Embiid, excuse me, Jokic has been there every single game, every single season. Embiid has never reached that mark. That's the difference. First rule of ability is availability. Joel is not available as much as Jokic. Jokic, if you're going to build a team, Jokic is the guy. May it please the court. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like she should have had an introduction there, James. Well, yeah, I was. I think somebody's talking. In fairness to James, I think somebody's talking to James in the control room right now. He's he's balancing a lot of plates. There's no order in my court, so (laughs) there is no, and it's a very disorderly court at that. Uh, Joel Embiid is who you start a franchise with. It's all well and good that Joe said Nikola Jokic is there and he's available. Great. We don't care about that in 2023. None of these guys are there game in and game out. Frankly, that's not what's important here. Are we worried about the load management of the LeBron Jameses of the world, the Giannis Antetokounmpo's of the world? All the greatest players in the NBA aren't necessarily there. The Steph Curry's of the world who've missed significant time with injuries. Who cares about that? What we care about is the production when they are there and when they are available. This isn't even a contest because of the way Joel Embiid plays defense. Nikola Jokic can't hold a candle to Embiid defensively. So this isn't even a conversation because Embiid gives you that component of the game, the rim protection that you heard Danny Green just alluding to when he was saying that he'd rather start a franchise with Joel Embiid. But also, when you look at these two guys offensively as well, Nikola Jokic has all the gaudy stats in terms of the advanced statistics, which is why he won those back-to-back MVPs because of the advanced statistics. But there's also been this backlash against that this season because in part the eye test and the regular box score the reason that Embiid gets the MVP this season is because he is the better scorer he is the better scorer in terms of this season he's the better scorer as well in terms of his career numbers as well when you pull just the regular old statistics that we all used to care about back in the year 2000, Joel Embiid is right there neck and neck in most of the categories with Jokic and then exceeds him defensively and exceeds him in terms of points per game, in terms of that element of scoring. Plus, he's incredibly marketable. Joel Embiid is a very likable player. He's liked across the league. He's got a lot of best friends in the league. And people seem to go to bat for Joel Embiid. People were aghast and appalled at this idea of Jokic winning a third back-to-back MVP. Because for whatever reason, whether it's Denver, whether it's the supporting cast, whatever it is around Jokic, he doesn't necessarily have the it factor that a lot of these superstars do, at least maybe not at this point. Joel Embiid certainly does. He commands that attention. He's got 
got that huge personality and people seem to really, really love him. That helps with marketing dollars, even if he misses a few games, Joe. All right. We only have about 30 seconds left, so the the, the jury has made its decision, and uh, we're going with Joe. Jokic is the right pick. Nicely done. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching this Miami Knicks game closely, a close game, as you just heard in the update. We will continue to keep you updated throughout Joe and Amber on that game. You're getting bonus Joe and Amber tonight. We are taking you up until 9.30 p.m. Eastern. That is when coverage of Lakers Warriors is going to begin right here on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I do want to get into what we saw last night, though, in a couple series. How much in trouble are those losers from last night, Joe? We'll get into that. But first, Joe's got a little bit more advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. What do I do? Do I jump in here? Nick's back there just mashing buttons tonight, it sounds like. I did, that Jeez did sound like a Louise. bizarre Roll mashup. out the red carpet, son. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't know what happened there. He's, uh... I'm trying over here. I'm trying my best. That's weird. Yeah, so pizza money. We're all sweating out this first half hundred. Let's be honest. I know what we're doing. We all gambled on that. We're all gambling during the show. We pretend like we're not, but we are, and we're clearly paying attention because it's coming down to the wire. I get it. I respect it. All right, pizza money number, what appears to be six. We're going to go to the Warriors-Lakers matchup. We're going to play LeBron James under 25.5 total points. Not a knock on James. He's been fantastic. But here's what he scored in the playoffs so far. 21, 28, 25, 22, 15, 22, 22, 23, 21, 27. Two games over 25 and a half. His average is below 25 and a half. His ceiling was 28 points. He's rebounding. He's assisting. He's playing defense. He's coaching. He's doing an incredible overall job. He's just not a big-time scorer. And with the Warriors as eight-point favorites tonight, if they blow out the Lakers, look for Darvin Ham to yank the Stars out of the game like they did in Game 2 when James only played 28 minutes. Pizza money number six. LeBron James under 25 and a half points. Leaking out his quarter. Cross-court pass to... Hope down the lane is Jokic. Good. The Nuggets end up blowing up the Phoenix Suns tonight. And that's what we have to do game six in a couple of nights if we're going to try to close this series out. So a couple games last night certainly seemed like they might have taken a turn for the entire series. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online to, to today. Let's start with the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. It went exactly as you and I expected, frankly. The Denver Nuggets beat the Suns 118-102. to That was behind Jokic's 10th career postseason triple-double. That passes Wilt Chamberlain for the most in NBA history by a center. 
Nikola Jokic out there still doing Nikola Jokic things, but he got more help from his supporting cast, maybe a little help from a home court advantage there in Denver, and the Suns just weren't nearly as aggressive as the Nuggets in that game. Yeah, stop traffic. On the road, the bench didn't play well for Phoenix. They combined to score 26 points. Woohoo! What you needed was another 80-plus from Durant and Booker, and guess what? An incredible level of production proved to be unsustainable. Durant was 10 of 24, well below 50% from the field. He dropped 26. Booker was 8 of 19, below 50% as well. He dropped 28. Those are good games. 28 and 26 in the playoffs, those are good games. But it's not enough when your bench and your role players don't give you any production. Look at Denver. He's not on the bench, but Michael Porter Jr. had a huge night. He was 5 of 8 from deep. He dropped 19 points. I think he knocked down four three-pointers in the opening quarter of that game. He was all over them. So ultimately, what happens next? Does Phoenix bounce back? We're going to talk about all the teams that are in a 3-1 hole. Phoenix is currently plus 360 to win this series. That means if you like them to win the series, a $100 wager returns $360 in profit. Wait until you see how we compare that to Boston and Golden State moving forward. Booker and KD, they hit a bit of a roadblock in game five. You know that roadblock was coming at some point. Like we're talking about a duo that scored 601 points between them over the first nine games of the postseason, which tops the list for the highest combined points for a duo playing in a first postseason together ever. That's not shocking. That's not surprising. Those guys have been lights out in terms of scoring. They hit that roadblock in game five. That Denver defense finds itself much more effective against those guys. I do think some of that has to do with that home court advantage that you and I kept referencing there, though, as well. You know, it's it's a short rest. You had gotten so much production from KD and Booker in game four. Now you have to head to Denver, the altitude, the talking points that, sure, we get tired of talking about when it comes to this team. But I do think it's a very real thing. So they were effective, the Nuggets, in limiting Booker and Durant to a combined 54 points on 18 for 43 shooting with seven turnovers. And if that's the sort of mistakes that you're going to get from your two superstars, then you're in trouble if you're Phoenix. Is Phoenix done? Yeah, they're done. They're done. I mean, it's it's been a great season. You traded away all your depth for Kevin Durant. Maybe Chris Paul comes back. But look at how this series has played out. The Denver wins are blowout wins. Game one, they win 125-107. to 107. It's an 18-point win. Game two, 10-point win. Game five, 16-point win. Like, when they're home and they're comfortable, they are crushing Phoenix. Meanwhile, the Suns had the scratch and claw for all of it. They won by seven in game three, and they won by five in game four, and both those games were competitive down the stretch. So, ultimate, especially that game four showdown, so when, when Jokic dropped 50-plus. So, Phoenix might find a way to come home and win game six, but then I think we all just go to the bank, unload, and bet Denver in game seven – Home court will win all seven games if that's the case. I, but I wouldn't be surprised if Denver closes this thing out in six when they get back to Phoenix. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either, frankly, but I agree with you. At least in seven, that home court will end up playing a factor again. I always had this, the Nuggets in this series. I still feel good about the Nuggets, even after seeing some of those monster performances that we have gotten, particularly from Booker in this series, but also from KD as well. Richard Jefferson, ESPN's NBA analyst, he was on SportsCenter with SVP. He said, that it was that lack of bench that Joe kept kept referencing that killed the Suns. Well, there there's some fatigue probably there. There's some pressure there. Sometimes, like again, especially when you're talking about the Denver Nuggets and how fast they move at home. They are a much different team at home than they are on the road. So just the speed of the game. So a lot of times you're 
you're more reacting versus, you know, being aggressive. And they were kind of, I feel like they were watching the game. They had a good attack. They were aggressive. I just don't think that they had enough on, on that offensive end. Again, they didn't get much contribution uh, from, from their bench. And if Kevin Durant is going to shoot in the low 20s from three, this is one of the most efficient shooters. We talk about he might be the greatest offensive weapon that we have ever seen. For him to shoot in the low 20s over the course of the whole postseason, or excuse me, over the course of this whole series, that's going to be very, very difficult because Phoenix doesn't have enough. They don't right. have guys coming off their bench consistently. Now, the, 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 the last two games in Phoenix, they did get some contributions from their bench, but they're going to need even more of that. So that's what happened in that series last night. Let's talk about the other series that we watched last night where Joe's Philadelphia 76ers, they went on the road. They stunned the Boston Celtics in game five. They dominated the entire game. Joe always believed in his team. There was never a moment of doubt. Never one. I'm a, I'm a stand-up guy. I will support my teams through thick and thin, uh-huh. and it's just nice to be rewarded finally by this team that has let me down for so many years. So we just told you that to come back from 3-1 down for Denver, their price is plus 360. For Boston to come back from 3-1 down, their price is plus 145. That is what the market thinks of both them and their lack of faith in the Philadelphia 76ers. Plus 145. So with the Suns, a $100 bet on them coming back to win their series, that pays 360. For the Celtics, it only plays 145. That is a stark difference. I think that's not so much a knock to Philly as it is a credit to Boston saying, look, this Boston team, they can find a way to get it done on the road. They are better than what we expect. They haven't played well enough, but I don't know. Philly's playing aggressive. That's the thing. Watching that game last night, like, didn't didn't you get the sense that early in that game, they were going to stick it to Boston and then they were just going to keep their foot down on the gas. That's what it felt like and that's what it looked like for the better portion of that game. Yeah, it, Philly was f- the far, far more aggressive team. It, it was weird. It was like the Celtics were disjointed. It, it was bizarre to see them at home in that state, not showing up for a very pivotal game in a series. And this is the team that we just watched in the NBA Finals last season. It was it was a weird experience. I mean, I'm not one who's been high on the 76ers team. I had Boston in this series over Philly, and Game 5 left me very, very confused because you certainly cannot feel good about that pick now. It feels no. like something more than basketball with – with right, like something more than what's happening on the court. I don't know if it is. You know, we can look at the coaching, we can look at Missoula, we'll have the conversations like we referenced earlier in the show. If you miss anything here on Joe and Amber, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But we referenced Boom. how the morning show was talking about did Missoula lose the locker room? You know, those are the conversations. But the reason those conversations exist when we're talking about game five here, a team that's trying to make its way back to an Eastern Conference finals is because of the way they appeared last night. You know, it. it it was bizarre. It was like they just came out flat and, and unprepared. They just didn't look sharp. That was Boston last year. Boston was very sharp. And this year they make a lot of mistakes. It just, they look like a sloppier team. They're still good. They just don't look as crisp as they did last year. And I wonder, last season, they went to game six of the NBA Finals. They came out this year. They went on an incredible run to open the season. They were the best team in basketball by a mile. And I wonder if the quick turnaround between last year's finals and this year's amazing start, maybe they're starting to run out of gas late in the season. 
maybe all that basketball is starting to catch up with them, whereas Philly's hitting their peak at the right time because the Sixers didn't need 40-plus from Harden last night to win that game convincingly. Yeah, I mean, you, you could argue that you actually saw that with the Lakers and the Heat after they make a finals, and then the next year, I believe, both those teams, and they missed the postseason both those, or they took a huge step back. I can't remember the specifics there with the Lakers, but you can see that, that fatigue with teams, and then they end up bouncing back, and they're in the conference finals and, and still competing at a high level, these teams. Maybe with Boston, there is some fatigue coming off of a finals performance and having such a good regular season. Maybe they put too much into the regular season as well. And they've burned themselves out here a bit in the postseason. We'll see. I don't want to overreact there to a game five, but it does feel like something's up in Boston. What's not up though, is anything for Jalen Brown. He's living good, whether they lose this series or not, because he made second team, all NBA that makes him eligible now for a five year, $295 million super max extension starting this summer. If he had not made an all NBA team, Team, it would have cost him roughly $100 million. So seeing his name on an all-NBA team that got released today just earned Jalen Brown $100 million. That's Good a hell him. of a day for Jalen Brown coming off of an ugly loss last night. The Heat are up on the Knicks right now, 50-47 to 47 at the half. The Leafs are up one zip on the Panthers. Less than a minute left in the second period in that game. Coming up next, your turn to weigh in. We are opening up the phone lines to you. Please join the conversation. We love when you do. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So the New York Knicks right now up on the Miami Heat 50 to 47. That game is coming out of the half. We will keep you up to date on all things that game. We are taking you up until 9.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. So you're getting a bonus 30 minutes of Joe and Amber tonight. We're taking you up to coverage of Lakers Warriors. That game tips off at 10 p.m. Our coverage here on ESPN Radio begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on your ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM channel 80. We will get to your phone calls. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. We love when you join the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Bring us your hottest NBA playoff takes, your NFL schedule release takes, anything you've got. 888-729-3776. But first, Joe's going to try to give you a little bit more betting advice. Pizza Money Alert. Pizza, pizza. 
All right, here we go. Final one of the night, Warriors-Lakers under 225 total points. My thought process is as follows. This is going to go one of two ways. Either it's a Warriors blowout and the Lakers yank their starters late in the game and we're all happy to just coast out of there like we saw in game two where we only had 37 points in the fourth quarter or LA shows up and keeps this game tight. And if that's the case, I don't see it being a shootout type performance because the Lakers are getting it done because of defense, not offense. Either one of those scenarios leads to an under. So there you go. Final pizza money of the night, Warriors Lakers under 225 total points. 13 black odds, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. Triple H say ESPN. The phone lines are open. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tomorrow night as the Sixers host the Celtics, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Let's spin the wheel. Terrence. Terrence calls us from Georgia. Hey, Terrence, thanks for the call again tonight. What do you have for us? Uh, a couple of weeks ago when the Warriors and Lakers series started, I told you the Lakers either sweep or gentlemen sweep. How am I looking now, dudes? How am I looking? You're looking you good, look good, Terrence. Look real You're good, Terrence. Good. It is true. I, I don't know if I had the confidence that Terrence has. In fact, I don't remember. I don't actually remember who I took in this series, but I feel like I was heavily leaning towards the Warriors. And I, I do remember that Terrence did call us and he was very confident about a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. And I kind of laughed it off because it's a, it's a resilient Warriors team and it is a Warriors team with championship pedigree. And do I think it's the same Warriors team that we saw win a championship last season? No, not quite. I understand that also it's an aging team, but so are the Los Angeles Lakers. And there's some serious questions there. I'm not particularly high, frankly, on either of these teams in terms of true championship pedigree. I, like that other series over there in the West a little bit better. But right now, Terrence is starting to look like a genius. I got to say, some shows might not be too fond of a caller simply dropping in for a victory lap. I dig it. I think Joe and Amber can get behind the idea of the victory lap. I had the Warriors in seven. It doesn't look good now. And if it continues down this path, it will, in fact, be the first time on this show I have ever been wrong. But I'm willing to deal with that. Terrence outstanding victory lap he called he boasted he bounced fine work fine but we'll see we'll see what happens here tonight 10 p.m tip off again because the odds makers in vegas will tell you that the warriors heavy favorites tonight to make this series interesting again so we will see what happens in san francisco tonight let's spin that wheel Triple H, say ESPN. Remember, you're getting a bonus 30 minutes here of Joe and Amber. We are taking you past the 9 o'clock hour, so we will be continuing to get to your phone calls. Triple H, say ESPN. Right now, though, Sean is in Tennessee. Hey, Sean, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Um, I just had two things real quick. So a couple or a week or two ago, I called in, and they asked about who, who needs to win the championship the most. For their legacy, I say Chris Paul, and they told me there's no way the Suns are winning it because Denver was up 2-0 at this time. My second thing, the reason I really called was, Amber, you were talking about um, how the Celtics kind of like 
are gassed out because they went hardcore last year in the uh, NBA Finals and then the great start they had the season. And you were kind of lean, like hinting that maybe they went too hard, but isn't load management one of like the big things that everybody's hating on? But now with the Celtics and the situation they're in, isn't it kind of showing that load management's really smart? Well, I don't think that the Celtics are gas like they're injured gas, like their bodies are breaking down. I mean, to me, these guys on the Celtics, I still think of them as very young players. I know they've been in the league for a while now, Joe, but they're very young men. So, no, I don't think it's that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart needed more rest during the regular season. That's not what I mean. I just mean look at, for example, my Miami Heat, right? And I don't mean to be a homer in this regard, but it's a team that like right. clearly didn't give us much during the regular season at all, at all at all. Jimmy Butler is a player that just doesn't put forth the monster effort all season. They're not trying to win the regular season. That team has realized that the winning really is most important in the postseason. They played the game before. They were the one seed last season. It didn't win them an NBA title. So they recognize getting the one seed isn't everything. We do need to have that energy. And to that point, with load management, Jason Tatum didn't load manage. He played 74 games this season. 74. He only missed eight games. That's not load management. Jalen Brown played 67. The Celtics played a lot of games this year. A lot of games, especially from their stars. Right, but that's what that caller is essentially saying. Like, isn't this an argument then for in favor of load management? Like, maybe they should have well, load I mean, managed during Kawhi's this season. Kawhi's always load managing, and then he always gets hurt in the playoffs, so it doesn't even matter. Right. I, I think it's more about sort of the effort overall that you're putting in and where your focus is. Are you trying to win the regular season or are you trying to win the postseason? And right now it seems like maybe the Celtics were a bit more focused on winning the regular season. We're going to continue to get to your phone calls. So keep lining up. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joe and Amber rolls on next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In the midst of taking your phone calls, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You are getting a bonus 30 minutes of Joe and Amber tonight. We are taking you up until 9.30 p.m. Eastern. That is when coverage of Lakers Warriors will begin right here on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Tip-off in that game is set for 10 p.m. Eastern. So we'll get to your phone calls. Hang on the phone lines. But Joe's going to give you a little bit more advice. Oh, Joe's not going to give you more advice. James, you're killing Happy me, to man. Some of it. You are killing me, man. <laughs> you're killing me with this. James is not. You know what? There's no advice. He, Joe's done. He's tapped out of advice. There is no advice tonight. <laughs> Hope you got it while you could. Hope you got it while you I would normally send out a rundown, too. You send out a rundown, but James, in fairness, you have on the screen quite that literally was, okay. Joe's going to do a pizza money. <laughs> I'm gonna side with Amber Wilson. It's on my this fault, one, Mr. Steele. I, it's I my read fault. the show. I read the show recap last night, and the show recap said, "Got to do a better job clearing the fault. screen." And I have up until now. Up until usually the this show's only two hours. I'm moment. not used to it. 
That's a great a counterpoint. A Once little? we get to overtime, anything goes. That's a yeah, great that's counterpoint nothing, right there. Nothing counts in the 9 o'clock hour. It is overtime. Uh, we're on Freddie and Fitzsimmons time. Yeah, it is their screw fault. this hour up all you like. I'm like if there's any mistakes. <laughs> I'm like KD. It's on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. I'm like KD and, and Booker. <laughs> I'm worn out. Fitted. I'm just worn out. Huh? This is Freddie's problem. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get, and get to your phone calls. Triple H, say ESPN. Mordecai. Mordecai is in North Carolina. Hey, Mordecai, thanks for the call again tonight. What do you have for us? Yeah, hey, uh, great show as usual. <clears throat> I have a question for uh, for Joe, and um, something that's been kind of on my mind and troubling me a little bit concerning um, uh, how widespread sports betting has become. And I have nothing against it. It's, it's, I think it's good. But what I'm wondering is, it's my understanding that the collegiate athlete is not going to be allowed to place a bet of any kind um, in any sporting event. So how is that going to be policed? Are there controls and safeguards in there? I mean, what's going to stop a collegiate athlete from placing a bet for a soccer game in Brazil or even a track meet in Germany or or an NFL football game? I I just don't understand. How is that going to be uh, controlled, Joe? Excellent question. Obviously, with marijuana, for example, you have drug testing, so there's a way to try to police it. But then there's also a way to try to beat it. We're not going to get into all that here. What we're seeing in Iowa right now, Iowa State, some of the rules that are being violated are if you are a collegiate athlete, you're not allowed to bet on a variety of things, collegiate sports being one. But even in the pro sports, if college has a championship in that pro sport, for example, they do have a college national championship for football, you cannot bet on professional football as a result. Same thing with the NBA. So you might be a college wrestler and you think to yourself, all right, I just want to bet on this chiefs Bengals game. You're not allowed to do that. Now, how do they police that? Well, great question. If you have a friend making the bets for you on their account, it's going to be very difficult to figure that out. But if you set up an account for yourself with your own name, these sports books, if they're paying attention, are going to get you. That's what happened with the NFL players just recently. That's what happened with Calvin Ridley. If you're using your own name, they're going to see it and they are going to report that to the proper people because they don't want to lose their licenses. How are you going to police it? It's going to be difficult. It's obviously going to be difficult if you use members of your entourage or friends to do it, but they are trying to keep an eye out the best they can. They're doing a heck of a job, though, so far policing these things. Remember the Detroit Lions players? That was only a matter of weeks ago. Then you get this story about Iowa that's coming off of the heels of the story about the collegiate baseball coach as well down in Texas. So you are getting this sort of policing. It's largely coming from gaming commissions. It's coming from also sports books, realizing something here is amiss, where you have what appears appears to be a bet being placed maybe at the behest of a of a ba- of a collegiate baseball coach and it seems off because of the amount of money that somebody's trying to bet on that game and that sport that raises red flags and then all of a sudden they're kind of looking into it more and then they're zooming in on footage of the actual person who walks into the casino and they're recognizing the name on the cell phone of that person and and that that person has a name that's involved in collegiate athletics there are things going on like that and then Joe like Joe said your name if you're actually registered on you know DraftKings or FanDuel or any of these sites as yourself, but also from your cell phone. If you're placing these bets from your cell phone, those sorts of things are being tracked too. All these gaming commissions have a vested interest, as do all these sports books, all these gambling entities. They all have a vested interest in trying to ensure that games are not being thrown and that the rules are being followed. But it, it, there is a learning curve here, I think, for the NCAA athlete because to Joe's point, it's 
basically you can't bet on anything. I mean, that's not the rule. The rule Just is what Joe referenced. It. Yeah, the rule is what Joe Just referenced. If there's it. a if there's a championship in in the sport, then you can't bet on it at any level. Yada yada blah blah. Basically, like you, you, there's nothing you can bet on <laughs> except for horse racing. If you're a collegiate athlete, that's sort of the long and the short of it. I think people in college athletics will figure that out over time and and, and get used to it. It was a good question. But yeah, it was we'll, a good question. We'll get that. It's the Wild West. Everyone's trying to figure things out. Just when in doubt, don't. There yes, you go. Just when in don't, doubt, don't. If, if, again, if you are a student athlete or directly working for a student athletic department, Joe is in Atlanta. Hey, Joe, thanks for the call. What do you have for us tonight? Hey, hey Joe. Yeah, I was calling about um, the Missoula situation going up in Boston, and I just don't like how he is being uh, treated. You know, you never heard that about Brad Stevens. He never went to the finals. It looked like the players were starting to tune him out, but instead of him getting fired, he get a front office job. You know, if I'm correct, Tyron Lue came in there two years back-to-back and beat him when they had a higher seed. But you never hear Tyron Lue outcoach him. You know, I don't like that. that. That's not fair. You know, certain people being called out and others are not being given a pass. Is Darvin Ham outcoaching Kerr right now? But nobody's saying that, you know, because Kerr got four titles. But yet you forget he got Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Why is others getting a pass, but we don't call um, and others are being called out? And this is man first year. Okay, great it's a question. Fair, that's a, it's a fair point. I, I will say from my part, uh, I, I certainly have called out um, some of the coaching there in, in the past in Boston. Now, given I'm a little bit biased as a Miami Heat fan and then as somebody who was on Miami radio for many, many years. So there was that angle to it. I do think that's why there was changes that were made in Boston at the time. They had had a heck of a run in terms of the regular seasons, like first year head coach, first year head coach, everything working out. And then to be one of the best teams to look like a championship contender all regular season. It's just now that you're starting to hear some of this criticism about Missoula, Joe, but also this is when they're stumbling. And so it does feel like Maybe, hey, a rookie head coach, a very young head coach, maybe there are going to be some growing pains. I don't think anybody's calling for Joe Missoula to be fired just yet. I think the standard in Boston is extremely high. You were in the finals last year. You had a great head coach in Adoka. That obviously went south. He left. The expectation this year is that you would get back to at least the conference finals. Certainly not get taken out by a team like Philadelphia that struggled in the playoffs every single year. You watched Milwaukee go down, who was just supposed to be your biggest threat, and now here you are unable to close. And that's going to fall on Missoula because he's a rookie head coach, and the team doesn't look as sharp as they did last year, despite having all the same players. So what's the one common denominator? It's the coaching, right? right? It's the coaching is the big difference. It's the big distinguisher. That's why he's taking the heat. Steve Kerr's obviously not going to take any heat. He's won a bunch of championships. Darvin Ham's up 3-1. He's not going to take any heat. Mike Malone's up 3-2. He's not going to take heat. Monty Williams has caught a little bit in Phoenix, but what are you going to do? They traded away all his depth. There's only so much the guy can do trying to plan this out. As for Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks... You know, they're going to take their heat in New York. You just go ahead and let the, let the New I mean, York media res- handle business. But, I mean, people respect, obviously, Thibodeau, but also people are saying he's being outcoached in this series by Spo. Maybe not tonight. Nick's right now up on the heat, 73-57, to 57, by the way. Uh, I, you know, listen, I mean, I always thought Brad Stevens was overrated. I understand what that caller is essentially saying. Again, Missoula, he's going to get he's going to get his opportunity. He's going to get his time, but you also have to consider the team that he inherited and the team that he inherited was the team that was just in the finals that 
it looked like they were just one little step away, like Joe said, all the same players with inheriting that kind of team. There's the expectations. And then there's just the expectations anyways that come with that market. We're going to get to more of your phone calls. John, I see you. Go ahead and line up on their phone lines. We're not going anywhere. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. We get to the rest of your calls next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply learned some very disturbing information about Joe Formbaugh. I think we have to get into that. But first, we'll get to your phone calls. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Bonus Joe and Amber tonight. We are taking you up to coverage of Lakers Warriors. That starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. John is in South Carolina. John has been hanging on for us. Hey, John, thanks for the phone call. Go ahead. Hey, young lady, I can't call you Amber because I don't know you well enough and you're too young. No way would you start with Embiid as your team. Forget what the player said. Any GM would look at the injuries. This thing about injuries aren't important if what he does on the floor at the time. And the future doesn't look good for him with injuries either. His history is just like, yeah, trouble. But that's just that point. The real one is the Warriors and Lakers game tonight. You know, the Lakers are playing with house money. And if they can keep it closed for those three quarters, the pressure's really even up to the halftime. If they can keep it closed, the pressure's going to really be on the Warriors. And then I want to hear somebody else say about how Stefan should replace LeBron on the Mount Rushmore of players. Best three-point shooter ever, not LeBron, but obviously Curry. But still, on the Mount Rushmore of the best players of all time, are you kidding? Hey, I'm going to take it off and listen. Thanks for letting me talk. You guys have a great show always. I have heard that conversation, the rumblings of that conversation. Let's put Steph Curry on the Mount Rushmore. Who the heck are you taking off the Mount Rushmore? That's always the problem with Mount Rushmore, right? Steph Curry is not there over LeBron. Like that, like that caller just said, and I always appreciate a caller who makes me feel young. So thank you for that. That doesn't always happen. Uh, I, I do think that <laughs> Steph Curry is the greatest shooter, shooter of all time. That's it. Like full stop. Greatest shooter of all time. And that's also where it ends, right? I mean, LeBron James is arguably, and nobody freak out, okay, but the greatest basketball player of all time, right? For a multitude of reasons, not just in one singular category. Yeah, it's get Well, first off, with that call, he had like eight talking points. But yeah, I did, did love the I, fact that he came on, <laughs> called you a young lady, said he wouldn't refer to you by your name because you're too young, then blasted Fair. you on your MBT. I thought that was fantastic. He, he did he do that. He showed a lot of yes. class. And then a classic comedic move, he pulled the rug out from under you, and he dropped the punchline. So very nicely done. As it pertains to Steph, I love Steph. I had the pleasure of covering him for six years in the Bay Area. Wonderful human being, wonderful leader, face of a franchise, exactly what you want, production, all of it. He gives you all of it. But when you're talking about the Rushmore, I mean, good God, you have to get into the nitpicking of literally everything. And when you're talking about what you've got Steph or excuse me, you got LeBron, like you said, and you got Jordan on there. Mm -hmm. Two spots are immediately taken. Already taken. That leaves two spots. You got Will. You got Bill Russell. You got Kobe. 
You got Tim Duncan, who Tim Duncan gets overlooked in every single one of these conversations, and Tim Duncan's career was absolutely phenomenal. Yet because he didn't have a great personality and he didn't talk a lot, people dismiss him. Tim Duncan is very hard to dismiss when you're having these conversations about top four, and we have barely even scratched the surface on some of these names. Yeah, so, Bill Russell. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of names that, that we haven't even gotten to. Kareem, we didn't even mention always. Kareem. Yeah, I mean, you're Kareem right. Kareem. Mentioned. This is the problem always. So, the yeah, it's, it's, it's not enough spots, but I mean, Steph the, wouldn't be A lot that. of people keep him out of their top 10. I think that's where you want to start. You want to see if Steph is a top 10 guy, and then from there, because we didn't mention Magic, we didn't mention Bird. Is Steph a top 10 guy? And then you take it from there. If you can get him in the top 10, then you can start to try to work him up a little bit. I do think, obviously, he's the greatest shooter of all time. And also, he inspired an entire generation, an entire shift in the sport. So I do think that matters. I would have him absolutely in a top 10 greatest of all time conversation. Mount Rushmore, a little bit more exclusive than that. That one would be hard just by the numbers. Triple Eight say ESPN. We still have a few more minutes here on Joe and Amber. If you want to chime in, the Leafs just made it 2-0 halfway through the third period. We'll continue to keep you updated there. Uh, right now in Heat Knicks, the uh, Knicks up 82 to 68 on the Miami Heat. Bing Joe bang. revealed <laughs> some. Joe revealed some disturbing information during the break. Eh, depends on how you look at it. It's it's a bit disturbing. Somehow we were in a discussion about men and women. And it's funny how that works, right, on this show with a man. I don't want to do the men's legs part of this conversation. Can we leave that that part out? I'm skipping right. I'm skipping over the behind the scenes stuff. I'm going straight to what you said about the fact that you own one shirt. It's your going out shirt for 15 years. It is the only shirt you have ever worn on dates. Okay, so just a quick clarification. You have you have this largely correct. Largely. Number one, it's not the only shirt I own. I own lots of shirts. Lots of shirts. So many shirts. <laughs> so many was, shirts you don't wear out, further. though. I was going to get in so much trouble with the impersonation because we're not allowed to do that. You know it gets everyone riled up. Okay, okay. so <laughs> I own my, I have lots of dress shirts James for Steele work. James is currently holding his head. Oh, yeah. He is freaking Get out. everybody in trouble. I have a ton of dress shirts for work. I have a ton of those, like, beachy. I've been wearing, uh, like, terry cloth because the weather's getting real nice out here. I wear that out <laughs> by the pool. Cloth. okay. But I can't wear that stuff out. So when I go out, I literally... Literally, this is not a joke. Since 2008, 2007, there's a shirt I bought. It was like a $200 shirt. I don't know. I had a good poker run. I bought this shirt. It's a long sleeve, blackish shirt. It fits really well. It's comfortable. When I've been in my fat phases and my skinny phases, it still works. It works no matter what. That's that's it. That's what I wear on date night. If I'm not meeting her after the TV show where I'm wearing a suit, I literally will only wear this shirt. It is This shirt has been on every date with me, almost okay. every single date. So okay, fifteen so weeks. So and that, means, and and that your, means not just Nikki, because I've only been with her for right 10 with years. her for ten. Which I was trying to trying to gloss over that little fact. Right. But for other 10 girls years, have seen this shirt. This, this shirt has been been, has, this shirt's been around the world. <laughs> well, okay, all right. No more <laughs> sorry, details. Nikki, for this conversation. Uh-huh. But this no this details. poor woman, your I'm sure a lovely wife. She yeah. has now been staring at this same damn shirt for ten bleeping years like yeah. this is the shirt that you wear every time you take your lovely wife out to dinner and then also if it's from 2008 there ain't no chance that shirt is still black like that shirt's got to be faded there's this no shirt. way it's still looking its best james Steele is shrugging to the microphone i feel like james Steele is actually agreeing with you like he himself also has a going out shirt this is all very disturbing you, from you spent how much on the shirt 
It was an expensive shirt. It was like two hundred bucks. Yeah, I a, normally don't don't do that. Two hundred dollars. That's a great investment, man. I mean, that, it's, I, think it's I mean, first of all, two hundred dollars. Like, the, the, I mean, we're at a point where that shirt. Two hundred dollars in two thousand eight. I've worn it so ever? many times. That shirt is paying me right now. That's like a thousand dollars. I'm going to take a picture. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a picture after this show. I'm going to send it to you guys. You tell me what you think. I, I don't care if you think it's ugly or fashionable. I don't want that opinion. It's just, I mean, there's it's no not way it was fashionable in 2008 and also fashionable in 2023. Those Standard things don't exist. Shirt. I remember what I wore in 2008. What, I was wearing all the, no, I was wearing all the like Hardy stuff. Oh, <laughs> what was oh, oh the Ed Hardy stuff. Ed Hardy stuff. What a freak oh, show. You guys are making fun of Miami, me. This baby. is a black shirt. Black shirt works good no matter what. Joe Rogan like wears a black shirt on every Ed single Hardy. UFC broadcast. You strike me as an Ed Hardy kind of guy. Vegas, no, Ed God, Hardy. No. People are still wearing Ed Hardy in Vegas, I bet, right now. Come Ed on. Hardy, you <laughs> just went down. You knew what notches. I was talking about. So what's that yes. say about you? Did you wear the Von Dutch hat? <laughs> yeah, you did. You know you did. You're smiling. You know you did. The Von Dutch hat. Those were the Ed days, Hardy shirt. man. Those were the oh days. My God, Looking all no. snazzy. Florida. Going out right? in South Florida. What, what, what else can we say about Florida outside of cut it off and send it out to the Caribbean? This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.